PS one's pretty I, fucking good. I had a PS one in jail. <laughs> what were you playing like crash bandicoot and shit or no that was a thing there was no memory card so the best thing was just madden oh, oh shit okay yeah it was amazing like it was the madden where uh the panthers were against uh the tennessee titans like that was like the starting off match and i just got like a ma- uh no 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 the ps1 so like oh carrie collins <laughs> Yeah, I think we like talked about this on the phone at one point, and you did recognize a few of the Carolina players because I was like yeah. my go-to team. I would use Carolina, and I would like Bada Batuka. Was that a guy? Probably. Yeah. No, no, there's like a famous Carolina player, and you knew about him. But anyway, Madden was second. No, well, that guy was also on the team too. I would throw to him all the time, but. Old video games are way better than new video games. New video games make you like care about the characters and stuff. I mean, old video games did that too. I think yeah. you're just talking about sports games versus like other genres of games. Even sports games now, there's like a story mode. You like have to make your way out of China and shit. Yeah, it's like, I, I think Bow Wow narrated it. Or Spike Lee, I'm confused. <laughs> I actually spent like way too many hours today like playing the mobile version of 2K and in story mode i somehow managed to uh have a i somehow managed to blow up the sixers uh like traded james harden and tyrese maxi oh it's like a roster building game well there's like story mode for a team where you're like the gm and the coach and then there's uh story mode for you personally um my my guy is like control one player or whatever yeah okay yeah i've uh i've got my guy worked is my guy's worked his way into the rotation um he's he's at a good 20 minutes a game um doc rivers tells him to try harder a lot is this my nba 2k no sorry there's so many apps it might That's be like so. it might be like NBA 2K Arcade or something. I know that the company that makes Pokemon Go, their second product is like an NBA game. So mm. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. Niantic. Exactly, Niantic. I, I know that because I still play the shit out of some Pokemon Go. Hell yeah! You yeah. oh man, add me. What level are you? Um, I think I'm. I'm either like low thirties or. No, either high 30s or low 40s. Hold on. Okay, tight. Because I'm 42. I'm on the road to 50. Oh, yeah, we can get to 50 now. Yeah, it's sick. Should I download Pokemon Go? I have an account. Yeah, like you, you did at one point, right? I did like seven years ago or whatever. And. I couldn't find any Pokemon in my parents' house. And so I was like, I don't understand this. This is stupid. Those Pokemon you have from seven years ago are really rare. And like, if you yeah. trade them, you're guaranteed a lucky trade. So you should definitely hold on to that account because it's very, it's got value. Okay. Are so you I'm looking I'm, I'm, I'm at my account right now? No. I'm level 38. Yeah. Level 38? All right. You should yeah. get back on it and we'll start doing daily trades and we'll work our way up. We're definitely cutting all this. This is so boring, but do you have Boss House on there? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's 50, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to get to 50? I'm well aware. 
Because I'm at fucking 38. And you know how long it took me to get there? <laughs> how do you yeah. get... How do you advance levels? Is it just catching Pokemon? Yeah, you got to get experience points and this, that, and the other. and that. Oh, so we're not cutting this. Yeah, no, nope. this is gold. We'll, 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 we'll cut parts of this, but we're not cutting the whole thing. Fuck off. Bro, I tell <laughs> girls on Bumble that I meet to listen to my podcast. They can't I, find I, out. I, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> just, I, I absolutely would not do that. If you want to have sex with me, I'm just kidding about the Pokemon thing. Okay, so the two people listening to this who may <laughs> want to have sex with Slava. Yeah. Um, but do you, you don't fight the Pokemon in Pokemon Go, do you? You do. No, you there's can. another battle section, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole battle section. You get to fight other trainers from around the okay. world. But then Slava is porting his Pokemon into his other Pokemon games. That's right, because there's an app called Pokemon Home, where you can, which acts like a central hub for all the Pokemon games. So you can send them from different dimensions to each other. So you can have the same Pokemon travel from Pokemon Go to Pokemon uh, Sword or Shield or Scarlet or Violet, but they can never go back to Home. Uh, sorry, they can never go back to Pokemon Go. That's the most valuable one is Pokemon Go. Why is Pokemon Go the most valuable one? Because it's the easiest place to like catch shinies, which you can then carry through the other places with you. And because you caught What's a shiny, is that a like shiny is a, 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 a shiny is basically like a candy painted Pokemon? Okay, That's a, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. one in forty thousand chance of you catching a shiny Pokemon. Yeah, and don't catch a legendary shiny. Yeah, oh, oh, yo, they, oh, they, they, yo, the trades I fucking uh. Oh, fuck off. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had a shiny. Like, who was it? I traded it, but, like, it was for some shit that absolutely was not going to catch in America. Oh, nice one. Nice one. Just for the record, Slava is showing pictures of Pokemon to the Zoom room. Shiny Pokemon. And Trey is saying, cool. Um, Yeah, well, because they're shinies. If you just showed me, like, a regular-ass Bulbasaur, I wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. Wait, how is it shiny? Like they all, like every Pokemon looks shiny because it's on a computer. <laughs> no, it's like a different. No, that's way. no, no. It's like a misprint. Okay. Oh, it's okay. like the holographic version. So. No, get the fuck out of here, Deoxys! Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. damn, that's sick. Deoxys. Uh... Oh, what's what's his name? Let me go to my Pokedex, the one I traded. Um, oh, you yeah, because there's a shiny Dex now. Drew, I don't see you downloading Pokemon. I am downloading Pokemon. Look, yeah. Oh, yeah. see the yeah. colorway yeah. on that one is so slight. Like I don't like the shinies yeah. where it's just subtle. Because okay, Drew, so it looks like this, right? Yep. But the non-shiny looks like this. Hold on, get show me the shiny again. Okay, so this is the non-shiny. Yep. And the non-shiny is a little, like, candy-painted, you see? It's got, like... Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just holographic. Well, no, it's just... It's a variation. And sometimes they're, like, very subtle variations, but sometimes it's a complete different color. Like, they'll mm-hmm. go from, like, blue to green or something. So the Deoxys I showed you... Yeah, that's a hard one. I got the Rayquaza... The Palkia, and that's it for legendary shinies. Do you do community days and shit still? 
Yeah, uh, well, it's easier to go to Manhattan for that shit because, um, yeah, that's where most of, like, you could just, like, stand in the middle of the shit and there's going to be, like, any gym doing, like, a five-star raid and it's got, like, 20 people in it already. And you're just waiting for for the next one. Yeah. Which takes, like, fucking two minutes. Did you do the most recent one? It's uh, It was that little tiny dragon. Oh, uh, Akio or whatever? Yeah, I got, like... whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get back into the animes too, but like that's a bridge too far for me. <laughs> yeah, right, I don't know how we're is... gonna transition out of that. <laughs> Nine minutes and forty seconds just cut. <laughs> this is Nerzy, the number one Pokemon Go tips, strategy, etc. podcast in the world. Um, oh, episode. I am Drew. Uh, well, uh, this is my dog Nora Efron. Hi, Nora. Um, Nora, are you going to say anything? Or? No, she's the no. best. Wow, that's crazy. She's, wow. Can't believe you said that, Nora. <laughs> um, Hi, Drew. I'm Slava, and it's been uh, three days since I last talked to you guys. Yes. A lot has changed. Hi, I'm Trey. It's also been three days since I talked to y'all, so yeah. How's everybody doing? Sick. I'm upset about Pokemon, uh, the proliferation of this children's game among my adult friends. Um, not here for it. I like real games like uh, Warhammer and Twilight Imperium. I got Warhammer 40,000 in the house. You want to talk about that? I don't know anything about Warhammer. I The only thing I know about it is that you play it and you people paint the little guys. Yep. Um, there, there actually is a game called Twilight Imperium that my friend Kevin plays, and it's so massive. It's like a thirty-pound box, and he like left it at my house along with the fifteen-pound expansion pack, and I was like. I kind of want to try to play this at some point. And he said, cool. There is a six part podcast you can listen to, to learn the basics of twilight Imperium. And then I decided I did not want to play twilight Imperium. What is this like a, one of those tabletop figurine games or is it like a board game or it's a board game. I think they call it like a five E game and it's like exploration economy <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about this anymore okay. <laughs> <laughs> the That's words funny. economy and fun are not like synonymous man like, yeah. what about uh, what about when you're making money then the economy is fun no but like here's the thing when you're making money you're usually not having fun doing it That's right. Which you're like leads a us- bank robber which leads us to our third E, exploitation. Honestly, that might be a third E there. Um, like, I think it has has something to do with, like, mining on planets or something. Anyways. Uh, it sounds so much fun that the fourth E is probably for end of life. Because that's what I will do if I have to play that game. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
The fifth E is also exit any home in which Twilight Imperium is being played. Um, so this, we keep pretending that this is a music podcast and today we are actually going to have a mostly music dedicated podcast for yesterday marked the 10th anniversary of Kanye West's album Yeezus. One of the most important albums ever made, honestly. Yes. Do you guys remember when he was like projecting the stuff onto the sides of buildings? That like black skinhead video? That was so cool. I thought that was New Slaves. Oh yeah, sorry, it was New Slaves. But those were the two main songs that were like the lead singles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, those are the two like we heard like before the album came out and it was like, okay, what's going on here? And right. then the album started off with like that fucking like Daft Punk taking the fart or whatever that shit was. <laughs> and yeah, it was not what anybody expected, man. It is. I have a feeling that Slava doesn't like this album, but to me, it is sort of the encapsulation of the larger spirit of like the early to mid 2000s music scene where, you know, you have this mainstream figure working with genuinely underground, underground, underground musicians like Arca is on there. Um, The Jack from Salem uh, did drum programming on one of the tracks. Um, Chief Keef. Chief Keef. Um, yeah, he had Chief Keef doing a fucking duet with Justin Vernon, which was just an insane idea to have. But yeah, yeah, and it really does feel like a blog era album from the era of blogs. Yeah, like it's it might have been the last of the great blog era albums. Like, I yeah, think we also have to kind of talk about the context in which this was released. You know, like, he had just come off, like, an album that, like, people were talking about as one of the best ever made. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and all that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kanye is someone who, like, cannot feel good about his work unless people are actively telling him, no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, he, he, he doesn't know just how to do things for fun. And, like, I feel like that explains a lot about, like, who Kanye is now. Because that shit, like, eventually wears you down, but... Yeah, once like Kanye was universally loved after like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, I think he hit like a personal crisis in a way, and he was like, "Oh no, we're just like doing shit that nobody wants right now." Yeah, and but you do—that's the thing. And like, or I think that every Kanye album up to that point had been like a transitional record, where he was sort of like fumbling forward and forward uh you know swapping in swapping in and out influences um and this one felt like i don't know like he apparently i i heard this from a reputable source uh apparently kanye was really 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 into like uh American Nightmare, the hardcore band, um, at the time he was making this record. And 
I think he wore a jean jacket that was like designed by the American Nightmare guy or like that had been on the cover of an American Nightmare album. Um, and shit, I can't remember the name of the label, but like, yeah, like suddenly you, Kanye discovers like extremely angry hardcore music and then also seems to discover like industrial music and like is like, ah, yes, I can synthesize these elements into pop rap. Watch me go. Yeah, you have to remember that this also, like, it did come out after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but it also came out after Watch the Throne. So I do feel like he was trying to kind of, like, readjust and go all the way back to being, like, the artsy-fartsy guy because uh, he was just rapping with Jay-Z, the same song, 13 times in a row on a stadium tour. So he had to, like, find out what sets him apart. And before that, he had 808s and Heartbreaks, which, like, this is closer to me uh, Jesus is closer to 808s and Heartbreaks to me, where they're both like bottom tier Kanye albums in my personal pantheon. But oh. they're, yeah, but like they're all still very good albums, right? Like all of uh, the worst Kanye album is better than like the best, I don't know, some other rapper's album. But um, it's more of like a collection of influences to me in the same way that 808s was. It's good. It's it's really good. But um, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but it's really an album that the live show made it, uh, into more of an event than just the album. Like the spectacle around it was almost more impressive than the music to me. Yeah, when you say like it was a collection of influences and that's kind of a knock on it, like what do you mean? I mean like there wasn't enough of a through line through it in the way that the top tier Kanye albums have to me. Like in My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or Pablo, which I really do consider as one of the best ones. But um, Dude, that's, that's one of his worst for me. Oof, I don't know about that. That's one I go back to the most. I think I think Pablo is held up by some very good songs, but like as a collection of songs, just an album, it's like what the man. Because that's I like think, I think at the same time though, it's kind of a portrait of where Kanye was at in life. Yeah, because he's like bipolar pin ping ponging throughout that album to me, from like song to song, to the point where that like I miss you old Kanye song hits. <laughs> And you're like, what the fuck am I listening to? Is this a gospel album? Or is he like talking about assholes and bleach on assholes? Um, I don't know. I like Pablo. But Yeezus, it has like two or three really good workout music, uh, like anthems. Hey, there's this movie too. I forget what it was called, but it was kind of like a euphoria style movie. And it was all about like being a teenager in California. And they used a lot of Yeezus songs. So I guess it is more iconic than I thought. I'm going to look it up while we talk. It had Maddie from Euphoria in it. I don't know what those words mean. Um, also, uh, you're just obviously incorrect, Slava. It's the best one. Um, the best. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is the only Kanye album where, like, I listen to that shit from front to finish. Like, it's I don't the I, only I, one... I just pick like songs out of it, whatever. Like, the entire thing is just like, no, I have to get the entire complete idea here, and it's just like. This is a guy who, like, like I said, he's not used to being liked. Yeah, not, it's the yeah, and like he just had, he was just like, okay, now I'm really gonna push the limit of this. I'm gonna make something good, and then at like the 23rd hour, he had to bring fucking Rick Rubin in to be like, okay, 
please help me make this good. It's the only one that I still listen to. Really? Um, I, I listen yeah. to fantasy every now and then and stuff. Like the three college albums, like outside of Drive Slow, I don't really listen to anything on there. So these are like one of the few albums that I had bought from my childhood. And when you're in jail, you're allowed to get CDs sent in. So you better mm-hmm. believe that I listened to the shit out of those first three albums and my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Watch the Throne. So like, I guess if I had Yeezus sent in, I might have changed my opinion on this album. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, it's also sort of like, to me, it's like the closest thing to like Kanye doing like a Bowie Berlin thing. What's um, okay. It's, so Dave, it's kind of like Kanye's pet sounds in a way. I like it. I like it. Like, it's like, okay, let me do my own thing right now. Like I got a few ideas. I'm not having fun in general because people like me again. Like, yeah, let me just, you know, except Brian Wilson has some other shit going on that was not related to that in general, but yeah, it's kind of just like, yo, let me just like make the sharpest left to the point. I'm almost going like fucking diagonally backwards. You know, (laughs) I Trey, were you living in New York when Jesus came out? Or did you come after that? I came after that, man. Okay. Like the summer before I moved to New York. Yeah. Okay. And I can tell you a lot of people in the DC area did not like that album. <laughs> I saw like their style. And yeah, they they were all just a bunch of... I had people arguing with me that Magna Carta Holy Grail was a better album than Yeezus. Oh, no. No, I wouldn't go that Yeah, far. yeah, no, dude. It was... I was... Uh, I stopped drinking for a little bit because I, I was like, I keep turning <laughs> up too hard when people try to say this to me. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, man. It, it was not a good... And also, like, that just had a lot to do with how people felt about Kanye in general. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, it's... It, one thing I distinctly remember a lot was just, like, people not liking it. And it's like that's kind of what he wanted because Kanye is somebody who operates from the standpoint, like in five years, y'all going to tell me I'm right. And yeah. lo and behold, like the tide changed after like five years of like, oh wait, no, now we've seen with like Jesus was fucking fired and this and the other, like this was more important and also like Blood on the Leaves is a fucking sick song. Like, yeah, it, I really, the the thing about it too was just like, people didn't have a good reason for not liking it. It was only like, oh, this is different. And this isn't like the grand arena shit Kanye was doing that I want to hear. He didn't give me exactly what I wanted. So I hate this album. And it's like, man, y'all got to challenge yourselves and have fun. But here we are. I mean, to me, it's also like an incredibly funny record. Like it's got some of the worst verses I've ever heard in my life, but it's so. Yes. Yeah. Like. Speaking swag, Healy, you fucking loser. (laughs) I just talked to Jesus. He said, what up, Jesus? I said, shit, I'm chilling. Like, what are... I feel like you guys are... You could say anything. Yeah. You could say anything to Jesus if he shows up to you and says, what's up? And that's what you come up with. (laughs) Like... 
you don't want to look thirsty in front of Jesus, right? You don't want to look like a fucking fanboy. That's true. But it's just like, there's some incredibly unfortunate lines on that album. There's there's the sweet and sour sauce line on a fucking I'm in it, which like, you're like a fucking 30-some-year-old man and you thought that was a good idea, man. Like, And nobody in the studio told you not to say that? All right. I mean, that is the best song that has horrific lyrics. But at the same time, it's like Michael Douglas out the car now is just such a funny fucking joke. <laughs> <with me. laughs> it's like, yeah, man. I, Jesus was really like him on his last thread. <laughs> he. It's like, okay, he, it's going to get really weird after this, and I hope everybody's prepared for that. And we weren't. Did he just like freestyle the lyrics to that entire album? Like there's one album where he had finished the music and he had to turn it in. And so he just like went in the booth and freestyled where like his verses were supposed to go. And I can't remember if it's Jesus or like another one. Sounds like Jesus. It might be Jesus. It also might be some shit off Pablo. Or yay. No, yeah. stop trying to shit on Pablo. I see, I see I'm not the agenda. Shit on Pablo, but like, no more parties in LA. Sounds like he just like went in the booth. He was like, oh yeah, oh. Um, <laughs> also important to remember that like the most commercially successful song from Jesus might end up being Bound Two, if only for that music video. Mm. I, I mean, like, absolutely. It got parodied by like fucking James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah, which is like... we got to a weird out treatment for a song in a long time, you know. <laughs> Even well, like Weird Al, like just not really doing shit anymore. It's just like with him being alive. <laughs> I mean, did y'all see the Weird Al movie? With oh, with Harry Potter's going to play Weird Al or whatever? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see that. It's 10 out of 10. Oh, wait, it came out already? Yeah, it's been out for like six months now. What's oh, it on TV? Okay, see, well. It's a cool thing about uh, not working in media anymore. I don't know when certain things come out. I get really <laughs> you don't know the weird... Yeah, they didn't do a cross-vertical integration for the Weird Al movie, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing about we- being a Weird Al fan, which I am, is that you know when the Weird Al movie's coming out. What do you mean you're a fan of Weird Al? I am a fanatic when it comes to weird fucking Al, Slava. Since are, you a, are you a weird pal, as the fans are called? Are they? <laughs> no, I just made that up. Oh. Uh, That's no, I don't know. I think Weird Al is great. I think he has, uh, you know, he made a lot of songs I enjoyed in my childhood. Um, and, like, a couple songs I've enjoyed in my adulthood. He has a song called Bob that is a parody of Bob Dylan's Subterranean Homesick Blues. And every single line is a palindrome. It's like honestly one of the most impressive feats of writing that has ever occurred. Cool. Yeah, Weird Al's fucking sick, man. I yeah. think my first Weird Al album was uh, Running With Scissors. Okay, that had the Star Wars Yeah, that song had the Star Wars one on it. And then uh, Albuquerque, which was like a 12-minute song. Okay. For some mm-hmm. reason. And that's the only thing I remember off of that. My favorite Weird Al song is I'm on a boat. <laughs> Fair. I'm on a boat. Also, 
Yeah, Duke in the Box, good Weird Al song. That's right. Yeah, I guess like everybody just gets their own generations like music parody guy. And like Gen Xers had Weird Al. We have Lonely Island. The next generation probably has some like kid on TikTok from the Philippines. Yeah. Um, actually, now that you mention it, I think that I'm on a boat has T-Pain and T-Pain worked on 808s and Heartbreak. And I once read an article. Oh, nice segue. Nice segue. Okay. Thank you. And to deepen that connection, I once read an article about, it was called The Sadness of T-Pain. And it is an interview with him in The New Yorker. And in this piece, he discloses that while working on 808s and Heartbreak, Kanye made a T-Pain parody song about how bad T-Pain's ideas were. Dude, you ever heard that story about how uh, Arthur like pulled T-Pain to the back of a plane just to tell him that his music was ruining the music industry? Yeah. And, like the creative art as a whole. People were so fucking mean to T-Pain that he didn't check his Instagram DMs for like years and it was just full of people wanting to collab with them. <laughs> That's crazy because you, you said Usher. I thought you were going to say Future because there's a similar story where Future said, I would never do a song with you. You're a joke the fuck yeah why is everybody yeah. so mean t-fame bro i mean he's he wears a top hat and at the Hopefully height of his fame, he also oh, like a kid, a kid i went to college with his uncle uh made t-pain's top hats what he, like worked at a circus or some shit yeah yeah his uncle was like one of the main guys in the universe soul circus and he would make t-pain's top hats do you have any more information about this or is this all you've got? This is all I know about this shit. All right. Well, your homework assignment is to talk to that dude and be like, right, tell I me know more about your uncle. Know to find him. Facebook, man. Or, well, I, mean, no. I don't have Facebook. Like, yeah. 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 I guess the problem is like there was an era when if you wanted to like see what was up with someone, you could just go to their Facebook, but now no one really uses Facebook and there's no like replacement social media platform. Um, so yeah, T-Pain top hat guy is lost to history. However, if you are listening and you have made a top hat for T-Pain, please email us at, uh nerzy at gmail.com no no that's not it there's like a few i don't know there's a weird email just dm true oh, don't just give our contact information out man i don't want fucking weirdos in this up i mean you know, i might just hear us to lie and be like i made t-pain's top heads that would be great that would be an entire episode where we could just like interview them on air and try to figure out if they were lying or not actually that'd be kind of funny it wasn't just a top hat, so the fact that he had Oakley sunglasses on, I think, just bothered a lot of people. He's from Florida. What do you want? <laughs> Is he that was like a man a- from Florida of like a certain era? Like, yeah, like what do you want from him? I've never seen Kodak Black in Oakley shades. Yeah, because he's a man from Florida of a different era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, fashion that goes in waves. We're almost like on time for uh, the Ray-Ban Wayfarers to come back in style, full force. 
what 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 replaced the or what displaced the wayfarer i don't know but it's just like every like 15 20 years the wayfarer comes back in style and then it goes away again and then it just comes back i think taylor swift's popularity has something to do with it like if we could chart both pot rises and falls i think they would map pretty closely onto each other you remember when scary like the 80s and then the early 2000s and now we're getting into the 2020s and they're going to be coming back again soon yeah, I want docks, uh, docksiders to come back. Like boat shoes? Nah, Do you think they went away? Yeah. Oh, did, did they not? Okay, Rapid Trey and I seem to have... wearing them, but they stop. They never stop being popular amongst a certain demographic. Mm. I mean, is it okay if I disclose that I still wear boat shoes? Yeah, I mean, I assumed as much. <laughs> you went like, North Carolina you- for a while, like, yeah. Do you yeah. wear them in like place of flip flops? Sometimes I also have a pair of chacos that I wear. This is, this is a very North Carolina footwear uh, choices. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, right. I see a lot of Crocs where I'm at. A lot of people wear Crocs with like badges in them, like customized little Croc hole stuffers. Yeah, a little of fidget things or whatever they call them. Yeah, like like army, but army medals, like uh, <laughs> pieces of flair. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the correct thing, the correct term should be pieces of flair. Although now I'm imagining like a five star general like <laughs> wearing Crocs and like his like insignias are in the Crocs. Man, you know, like the five stars across like the brim of the Crocs and shit. Mm-hmm. The uh, the fashion around Jesus was another thing that like really made it stand out as a like touchstone in that era. You remember what he was wearing? Are you talking about the rebel flag? Yeah, and like the skull with the headdress. Like he literally tried to piss off every single type of person that he could have. Remember, I never actually got to go to the concert, but when he had Jesus come out and talk to him in the middle of the concert, yeah, I went to. uh, two Yeezus performances in a row um, in Brooklyn. <laughs> and uh, I think one hundred dollars laying around there. No, I was, I was a music journalist. I got free tickets. The only benefit of the job, baby. Yeah. Um, and the first night tribe called quest did one of its final live shows as the opener. And then I, can't remember who the other opener was. It was somebody cool. I don't know. It was probably just Pharaoh Monch. Um, <laughs> Pharaoh Monch and Sahai going back and forth in a two-man cipher. I mean, Pharaoh Monch has got... He's a great rapper. He's a great singer. He's got one song you want to hear. <laughs> um, Which but, song is that? Uh, Shut the fuck up. Isn't that the song? No, it's called the Monster Mash. <laughs> Simon um, says. Simon says. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He has 1.1 million monthly listeners on Spotify. It's pathetic. And you know how many monthly listens Simon says has on Spotify? Yeah, 9 million. Uh, wait. Oh, wow. I would assume that it was... Every listen is just uh, Simon says. 
No, he is like Monster Mash, Life. I'm <laughs> well, I thought you were no, you know, I thought you were joking about that. Is there actually a song called? Bro, you don't know the... Yeah, bro. No, you're making it. No, this is one of those things you make up. Okay, so <laughs> for people who don't know about the shit Slaver used to make up about Canada and tell us. <laughs> um, <laughs> he used to tell us because, like, yeah, some that uh, strippers in some places used to spray their body down with adhesive and roll across the stage to collect coins. <laughs> <laughs> He also once told us that uh, in Canada, they call breadsticks dough cords. <laughs> this is back when I was like the only person in Canada on Twitter. So yeah. there's no one to really fact check. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Talking again about the fashion stuff. Prior to his really, really provocative merchandise choices, I remember i feel like he was like wearing completely all black all the time um like initially before he came out with like the cuckoo loco merch stuff and i remember he was like oh i gotta have it now that's when what i, I need that confederate flag jean jacket so bad <laughs> i mean do you think that like white people bought that and they were like no no no, this is yes. cool because it's kanye did you buy it slava no but i wish i did i bought pablo merch but i really do maintain <laughs> that uh the yeezus merch is still the best merch that holds up because it all looks like terrible tattoos right it's like a skull with an indian headdress and like a confederate flag patch over top of it it looks terrible but then it it's, says yeezus over it so it's like it's fine it's also like and I don't, based on what we know about Kanye, I don't think this was too intentional, but like, uh, so they had like the Young Patriots organization, which was like a leftist uh, group of Southern white dudes who had moved up to Illinois, specifically Chicago for work, who at one point tried to uh, reclaim the Confederate flag as a uh, fucking white leftist symbol. And, and no, like pretty quickly after they were just like, yeah, we don't know what we were thinking. Like they just took the stuff, but like, yeah, I I I used to like kind of wonder if there was some kind of connection there, Mm. but um, based on the fact that this guy just clearly doesn't read books, period, I don't know, but like, (laughs) nah, it was like a cool group of dudes who like they used to like go to Black Panther rallies and then like get word from somebody from their block. It's like, oh yeah, the KKK is like passing out flyers, and they used to like tap Fred Hampton on the shoulder, whatever, be like, yo, we we'll be right back. And then go beat up the cake mm. and like come back to the Panther Rally. You know, I now that you said that, I actually do think that it was more intentional than you might believe. Because the only reason I even knew about what Juneteenth was was because somebody mentioned that this album came out on Juneteenth ten years ago, right? Someone on Twitter is just like, "Oh, he and pay attention to the date that he released this album." So maybe yeah, that like, was I'm a little bit talking about fact. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, plus you got to remember, like, the first two songs were, like, super rebellious punk shit, right? And it was all about, like, using guerrilla tactics. Yeah, black skinhead. I mean, it's the most he talks about race on any fucking album. Well, up until that point, at least. But, like, yeah, he had, like, talking about fucking rich white dudes' wives and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. 
racial implications about that. He had black skinhead. He had new slave. Oh, yeah. I liked when he said, you know what white people do? They get money and then they buy Venice. Buy Venice? Yeah, we buy Venice. Mm. Dude, the, the entire rollout for that album was fucking insane, too. Yeah. Okay, so, like, the... I guess like a couple nights before the record actually came out, he had a listening party in New York city that I got to go to because again, music journalist stuff. And he rented out like a loading dock in Tribeca. And so it was just like an open air three wall party and basically turned the loading dock into a giant fucking speaker and so you get there and there's like security and they let you in to this again three walled thing which was very silly but like uh jay-z and beyonce were there uh dj khaled was there buster rhymes was there i think travis scott must have been there um at a certain point, Beyonce walked past me and like our arms touched um, unintentionally. Um, but like before, oh, and there was an open bar that only served Grey Goose, but every single bottle of Grey Goose had uh, orange duct tape over the label. It was very aesthetically pleasing. What, what was it like touching Beyonce? Um, I mean, it was super normal in the moment because I was standing, she was coming from behind me and I was like, oh, someone just brushed up against me, like squeezing through the crowd. And then I look and I'm like, wait a second. I saw Beyonce here earlier and she was wearing that dress. And so I think that was Beyonce who just brushed past me. Um, and so then I think I tweeted it and got like a couple likes or something. Um, that was really, that was really the extent to that story. Oh, but so before he plays the album, Kanye gets up, he grabs a mic. He drank an entire giant bottle of Grey Goose throughout the evening, but, um, he gets on the mic. He's like, hello, my name is Kanye West. I am the son of a black panther and i come from a lineage artistic lineage of like dead prez and talib quali um whatever whatever like he was just like i am a radical and this is my radical statement and then he was like i want to thank everyone who worked on the album uh including chief keith and arca and then he just like pushes play <laughs> and I have, I sustained permanent hearing damage from that evening. Dude, like let's say that like at some point in the recording process, Chief Keefe and Arca were in the same room as each other. Like <laughs> what do you think they talked about? Hmm. Belts. Yep. Oh, belts. Well, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Probably production, because I think by then Chief Keef was getting into production and like 
his early beats are super like night slugsy. Okay. And okay. so I could actually see Chief Keef like enjoying Arca's music. Um even or like meeting Arca and being like, damn, I'm gonna check this person's music out. I can see that. Apparently during the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy sessions, uh, Justin Vernon and Rick Ross would play a lot of basketball together. Okay, Justin Vernon's like seven feet tall, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's like insanely tall. Okay. No, he's seven feet tall. Just take my word for it. (laughs) You know all those TikToks where they're like, we saw a man in the mountains. That's just fucking Bon Iver. It's either Bon Iver or Bigfoot, unless okay. they are one in the so, same. I'm not going to spoil Slava's fun, but I will say that Justin Vernon is taller than Rick Ross. Yeah, by like quite a bit. He would dominate him in the post. <laughs> Rick Ross, also a notorious liar on the internet. So You know, as much as I love spreading misinformation, um... Yeah, I'm not going to do it in this case. <laughs> no, Rick Ross is cool. Uh, I bet Rick Ross has like Charles Barkley play <clears throat> style. What? Like he can't win? No, he's getting he's getting rebounds, man. He's muscling people out the paint. Um, no, here's yeah. the thing, because and I don't know what this still has to do with uses anymore, but <laughs> I do think that like. Rick Ross's vertical might not be that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably so worse like, than Jokic's. Yeah, so I could see Rick Ross, like, you know, he's not a great perimeter defender, but, like, you're not going to drive in on him. Plus, yeah. you have to think about it, okay? Also, like, he's not really going to get a rebound one-on-one. Like, he might be able to tip it to somebody else. But, like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of boxing out of hoping it doesn't go too far over him. Also, like, I don't think Rick Ross has, like, based on photos I've seen, really long arms. Yeah, Bon, I- bon Iver's got, like, yeah. a Slender Man thing going on. Plus, okay, like- okay, I'm going to say it. According to Google, uh, Rick Ross is 5'11", and Justin no Verner is uh, fucking 6'3". Rick Ross okay. is not 5'11". Rick Ross is, I- like, 5'6". 5'8", tops. I think okay. he's five nine. I I have seen Rick Ross like I've been in the same room as him, and I am five eleven. And I was like, "Damn, I'm two inches taller than this famous rapper." Yeah, okay. that sounds right. Um, but to connect it to the Rick Ross thing, the the interesting thing about Jesus to me, which again, not like one of my favorites, but it did predate uh, one of my actual favorite albums, which is "My Name Is My Name" by Pusha T which came out like six months later and was more or less like some people would say cutting room floor Yeezus beats, but for Pusha T it worked really I well. I ain't sure taking some of the beats for Yeezus, I'll say that much. Uh, yeah, that one song that sounded like Animal Collective. Wait, what, which songs are on My Name Is My Name? Friday the 13th, or a Halloween movie, and then Numbers yes. on the Board comes on. And That's then right. That, and then that Chris Brown song I skip every single time. Best Chris Brown and song. And then uh and then the one with Rick Ross on it. 
Are you looking at this, or do you just have it memorized? That's no, really I impressive. I, you know, because I listen, I listen to that album like pretty fucking often, dude. Yeah, it's a really, really good album, and yeah. it has nostalgia on it, which is a really good Kendrick. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was also an error, like before Kendrick got good at being on features, because I was just like, man, what the fuck is Kendrick talking about? <laughs> yeah, just like childhood trauma. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, my daddy smoked crack, and it's just like that. I'm not trying to hear that right now, man. Um, really good, Big Sean verse on that album on the same song is a really good two chains verse. Exclamation! Exclamation! That wasn't a good Big Sean. That was great. That was no, it wasn't good. <laughs> Listen, Big Sean overhated in my opinion, but like this is two the sweet had spot. A great verse on that same song, but like yeah, uh, Pain by Future, which was a really good song, and then it was in Silicon Valley that HBO show, so mm-hmm. it was like yeah, it just hit way harder after that. So yeah, I think My Name Is My Name is better than Yeezus. And it sounds like Trey agrees with me. Uh, no. Um, as much as I love My Name My Name... Uh, I'm sorry. As much as I love My Name Is My Name, um, it's just not like... It doesn't feel as complete a body of work as Yeezus does. Like, I think Yeezus is there for a specific reason. My Name Is My Name is just like Push is like, yo, I'm going to have like kind of a sonic theme to this, but uh, it's not like, because I think my name is, my name is probably like three or four songs too long. Yeah. It is a collection collection of raps and beats, which is not a knock on it um, because Pusha T is an incredible rapper. And they're all really good beats and raps, but it's like, this, this is like, it feels closer to a playlist than an album. <clears throat> there is an intentionality to Yeezus. Yeah. Like, See, when you, you, you really have to sit down and like spend like, what is it, like 40, 42 minutes or whatever the fuck? Mm-hmm. You got to sit down and just listen to the whole thing for like 42 minutes. See, when Drew was telling the story, whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Drew was telling the story about seeing Kanye live and he mentioned Grey Goose, I thought it was a story about him introducing Pusha T. You know, when he's just like unintelligibly push a T. You remember that one? Yeah, like yeah. Alright, yeah, good call. Thank you. Um well I guess like at what point can we agree that in twenty twenty three that Kanye is no longer relevant, perhaps has gone off the rails. So Paul Thompson, a friend of the cast, a few years ago, he wrote a really good thing for that uh, place we all used to work at. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually picked the headline out and it's called Kanye West vs. Fame. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just kind of talks about how, like, Kanye's in this weird strata right now where, like, he's famous for being famous. Like, his ideas and his, like, recent body of work don't really hold up as somebody who we should be, like, holding up as an icon and stuff. Mm -hmm. He hasn't done anything, like, really interesting or particularly just, like, of any kind of quality. Like, I listened to, what was it, uh, Jesus is King? I listened to some of that like the other day just to be like prepared for this or whatever. And um, it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. 
like Kanye stuff, I used to either be like, this is good or this is bad. Like we're in the weird stage with Kanye where it's like you can listen to it and just not have an opinion of it. Yeah. And like that, I think is kind of the biggest indictment on him right now where he could just put something down and people like, I don't really care. How did you feel about Donda? I didn't really care to listen to was it Donda or Donda 2 that had that five year song on it where he was rapping harder so? Yeah, that was Donda. Donda. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I listened off of Donda. I didn't listen to the other one. Like I I just like it's very, very weird where there was somebody who like a decade ago, this was he was an immovable object, man. He was like one of the most powerful forces in art, and it's just like ten years later we just don't care. Although I will say when Donda came out, um, well, I'll, I'll say like we intermittently care because every now and then he'll drop like a lift yourself or like, I love it with like what that little pump song or whatever. <laughs> dude, that, no, I, I do like say what you want about him at that stage, whatever, man, that song was a fucking hit. And if he yes. hadn't been doing all that dumb bullshit, like that probably would have been like his way back in. I just remember the SNL performance where he and Lil Pump were like a Perrier bottle. Yeah. And no one had no one had told Lil Pump that he couldn't say fuck or shit on live television. (laughs) (laughs) Um but yeah, I remember when Donda came out. Um I forget this it was the song with J Electronica and the locks. Mm -hmm. And Slava had me play the entire nine minute song for him over the phone off my laptop speakers. Yeah, that's right. I was bumping that shit in jail. Um, How that, much was that collect call? God damn. <laughs> every hour is like four bucks. So I guess you could like factor that out to like what? 80 cents. I don't know. I'm about to have. Okay. Um, so you basically you bought the song on for, iTunes. Yeah. Basically. We used to pay more for iTunes store. Shit, so like, you know, whatever. I think the interesting thing is like Kanye was always a guy who wanted to be on the fringes and then like society kind of followed him in the direction that he was going. Like a lot of the things that he was saying on those first two singles, new slaves and black skinhead are now just kind of like normal talking points for like the democratic socialists of America. So that's why now he has to go like even farther and say some crazy stuff. Honestly, dude, I kind of disagree with that. I think Kanye's always wanted to be in the spotlight. He's never really wanted to be on the fringes. The thing was like he wanted to he wanted to dictate what the spotlight was. So yeah. he, might bring, he might bring some friendship towards you or whatever, man. But like, yeah, like there's never any underground intentions with Kanye. There was well, no like all that like Talib Kweli most deaf shit. He wanted to make that mainstream with like the college albums and that. And then like my beautiful well, 808s and heartbreaks. He wanted to make that kind of shit mainstream, where it was like this is a complete departure from like what rap is. Like he's being way too emo right now, Diana. But then he wanted to make that mainstream. Then like my beautiful dick, uh, yeah. Uh, beautiful, beautiful dick fantasy he was like yo i'm gonna make this whole fucking crazy arena rap or whatever and then like that's gonna be the mainstream but it's gonna be like really like orchestra based and stuff and nah, nah. and then with Jesus and stuff it's just like he ran out of steam he ran out of ideas you know i don't mm-hmm. disagree with you i think i think we might be saying the same thing you're saying he's trying to pull things from the fringes into the mainstream 
where where I'm saying like he the mainstream is now the things that he tried to pull in from the fringes, right? So now he has to continue to look at the fringes, and now the fringes are like, you know, Gavin McInnes talking points, and Jesus is like how there could be just like one or two sounds uh, like on those records and people would pull out like entire styles or like micro genres from them. Um, like, I don't know, like the, like uh, Twisted Fantasy had like these very specific drum hits that were like very kind of rounded and like certain piano tones. And then those are things that like artists would just like run with like, Mm -hmm. and you know, I remember people saying that Travis Scott like changed his whole style after Jesus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Travis Scott is just sort of, uh, I'm not going to say it because it's too stupid a pun and too obvious, but perhaps the progeny of Yeezus. Um, Wait, were you going to say like Yeezus put him in the sickle mode or some shit? I was going to no, say Yeezus son. Dennis uh, Johnson, dude. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, no, I mean, Travis Scott is absolutely bad. There's also a fun conspiracy theory. Um, I forget. It's I think it's it's New Slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a conspiracy theory that Travis Scott, who is from Houston and helped produce that beat, ripped off a track by the rapper Blackie, um, who is like a Houston noise rapper. Um, I want to say the song is called my window and he just like wholesale ripped him off and like black was never compensated. You want to include this? Like the, the, Um, the audio from Blackie? too that's really good whoa but yeah can't you kind of hear those same like those same tones it's in like a different uh octave but like if you take that a couple octaves down that's the intro to new slaves or not new slaves black hood or no that is the intro to new slaves yeah sorry yeah i mean what happened to blackie what are they doing now uh he's still around he's on instagram um i think he's doing more noise stuff i mean the kind of the biggest cultural impact he had was he um he had he like had a song or an album or something called all caps with spaces Mm -hmm. and that sort of like 
uh, phrase has like remained more popular than like he or his music has, unfortunately, because um, he was the best. It really does feel like uh, in the same way that people talk about Death Grips being a Jesus son, a son of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other like non-rap style people that have come out from Jesus in a way that didn't really happen with any other Kanye album, unless you want to count Drake and 808s and Heartbreaks. Yeah. I like, mean, not just Drake, but like Kirko Bangs and like all those other like singy rappers. Right? That all came out after 808s. And then you had all these noise people come out after Jesus. Or like, yeah, like what's his name? Clippin got like a big boost in fandom after Jesus, I feel like. Yeah. And you know what? Clippin got an even bigger boost in fandom from what Hamilton. Really? Dude. The rapper, the rapper from clipping is in Hamilton or Fuck was in Hamilton. Are you serious? Yes. yes David Diggs. He I did plays, not know that. God damn. Oh, he's he in Blackish. Lafayette in Hamilton or Marquis de Lafayette in Hamilton. Fuck off. Yes. All right. This is not like a Slava style assertion. This is an actual fact. Yeah, that's just like a really weird lie to make up. But like, honestly, I don't know what's true anymore when I'm with this group. So like, yeah. Wait, clipping this clipping. (laughs) What did they do on Jesus? No, I'm just saying it was a similar like noise style of. Yeah, like. Okay. Except their whole thing was like, we use modular synths to make very glitchy rap beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you watch them live, it's like two dudes like just twiddling knobs and then Dovey Diggs like rapping. Um, what do I have to do to prove to you that he was in Hamilton? This isn't a fact I'm ever going to bring up with nobody else. So yeah. No, okay. he's also he's also on Blackish. He's on he's in stuff. David Diggs, I know him. Even though I don't know, he was also one of the voices in the Minions movie or whatever the fuck other lies y'all gonna tell me. Yeah. I mean, no, I was one of the voices in the Minions movie. I am Groot. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean his like his becoming like a mainstream actor who is quote unquote in the mix is like. Like, would you ever listen to Kanye again? Do you think he is sort of like irredeemable? Or do you think Kanye's whole thing right now is like not a big deal? I mean, I think that's one of the weird things about like how we kind of treat this like cancel cancel culture or whatever that may or may not exist is like there's still a lot of gray area in places and it's weird to put like Kanye who just has a bunch of bad ideas in the same breath as somebody like who's an abuser or who is called mm-hmm. for like certain things. And I, and I like Kanye's just like made a bunch of bad fucking decisions. Not to say any of these are okay and that we, sh- we should just forget about them. But like, yeah, it, it, it feels very, very weird how we view it all. And like, personally, I don't 
really listen to Kanye that much. Like sometimes I'll go back and like play Yeezus or play like, you know, Twisted Fantasy or whatever, just to like, if I'm thinking about something musically and how things have evolved, it's like, let me go listen to Flashing Lights and like the mm-hmm. sample on that or whatever. Or like, let me go listen to Yeezus again and like try to figure out what the fuck was going on with this guy. Like I wouldn't just <laughs> throw it on in the party because like people don't want to hear that shit. But at the same time, it's like tons of people have had bad fucking ideas before. Mind you, he hasn't done a lot to apologize for him, and his were a little more dangerous than other ones were. But like, I oh, don't know. Actually, like, he, he got a he got a new wife, and he looks like he's calming down. Like from what I understand, so like, he actually did apologize for all of his anti-Semitism on Instagram because he said. I watched the movie 21 Jump Street and Jonah Hill was so funny <laughs> that I am no longer anti-Semitic. Yeah, that's how, how it works. All right, man. Like, I, and like, <laughs> yeah, like, I guess that's like the big thing is like, again, this is someone who clearly doesn't read too many books. Yes. He, come, he comes up with an idea and it's just like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to run with this until it's like blatantly in my face that this is wrong. Yeah. Or he seems he seems for all of he is clearly a m- musical genius. And I think that he, because of this, thinks he's like an everything else genius. But only one of those things is true. I mean, it's back to that thing I was talking about earlier, man. Like, no matter what you do, people tell you you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And then you keep getting vindicated time and time again. Eventually, you're going to think you're everything else genius. Like, it's one of the big things about Kanye that I've always thought interesting is, like, when are we as a society going to sit down and talk about our role in this? Hmm. Yeah, you keep telling the motherfucker that he's wrong all the time. Like, and not just like a few people in a boardroom or whatever. It's like everybody on fucking earth is just always wondering a lot about the shit you're doing. And then like a few months later, a few years <laughs> later, whatever, it's just like, oh, turns out he was right. Like we, we like, you know, like, you know, cultural criticism kind of created this monster. I was going to say, do you think anyone's been written about more than Kanye West? Like in our era, like you I know the website we read were. more about himself than Kanye. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing, man. Yeah, but like I mean, I remember around Pablo, we the website that we worked for brought together like forty-one people to give their reviews of the album before. I, I was not working there at that time. I take no responsibility for that. Drew, you contributed. Did I? No, I didn't. Yeah, you. Did. I'm reading it right now. Kanye West game changing contradiction. It was right before my review. Okay, well, I don't think I think I'm the only one here who didn't write shit for that. So I, like, I didn't see you. But it was a lot of like yeah. the UK because noisy UK hated Kanye. Well, I was a freelance writer at the time, and so I was not in a position to turn down, you know, money. Um, Capitalism, you know, gets us all. Yeah, that's true. You're just listed as a writer living in LA. There we go. Um, I don't remember. No, Trey, you are in here. You said Metro (laughs) Boomin wants some more, but this works too by Trey Smith. Oh, that's all I said? No, there's like, there's a few paragraphs after that. 
No, there's not paragraphs. God damn it. Bro, okay. there's three paragraphs. This is Sunday right. morning. This is Sunday morning music for those who don't go to church and think leftover bottles from the night before constitute brunch. It does. Yeah, that was a time in my life I can imagine myself saying that shit. Okay. But that's what wow. I'm saying. Like Kanye is just a guy who has been written about by people of our generation so much because it's like, well, I want to exist on the internet and I don't have anything interesting to say. I'm just going to talk about Kanye West because everybody's talking about Kanye West. Complex will fucking rank his albums every six weeks for some reason. Do you realize that we are people who are talking about Kanye West on the internet? But we also yeah. have other things to say. We have many things to say. We, we had all sorts of shit to talk about, you know, Saudi Arabia last week. A lot of stuff about Pokemon, all of which is getting yeah. cut. No, none of that. No, that's just good. That's probably the most important shit we talked about this episode. That's true. Um, I feel bad. Okay. I feel bad for Kanye because you're right. We did create him, but I'm not going to stop listening to him. Like I said, Donda's really good. Pablo's really good. I agree. Jesus is king is not good. Kids see ghosts is fine. But... Yeah. Jesus mattered more for the stuff that happened around the music than the actual music. Because you couldn't do an SNL rollout anymore. And you couldn't do uh, a listening party with Beyonce and Pusha T anymore. These are all like relics of a bygone age That's that true. we destroyed by That's writing true. about it. Yeah. And Kanye really figured out how to turn like a listening party, which initially was just like, hey, this album is done let's play it in a studio and like have some people around hanging out. Uh, he figured out how to turn that into like a real media event. Like with, uh, yo, Jesus was the big ass room you were in fucking, uh, Pablo was MSG fucking. Yeah. Well, yay was Wyoming, right? Yeah, that's right. I did not accept a free trip to Wyoming. Oh, I know a bunch of people who did. And I, you know, I. Mm, mm. I mean, I wasn't you offered know, a free trip to Wyoming. There were a lot of people renouncing what the fuck he was saying beforehand, and then as soon as they got that plane ticket, all was forgiven. Did was it offered and to I, you? And I, and I th- yeah, I think about that a lot. <laughs> I think about that a lot, man. Like that. Ooh, we. Would you have taken the flight? No, absolutely not. Drew, would you? Uh, it's, well, no. Um, First of all, it was cold out there at the time, so, like, fuck out of here. Second of all, I'm not gonna go hang out with fucking some of those prominent bloggers that were out there and shit. Also, I personally have nothing to talk to Pete Davidson about, so. Um, yeah, you do. You guys probably have more in common than you think. But, do you remember the Rihanna plane? (laughs) That was fun. The what? The Rihanna plane. The Rihanna plane. I wasn't invited to either one, but I would have got on the Rihanna plane. I'll tell you that goddamn much. All day. Well, the Rihanna Rihanna plane plane. was like. It was a bad bunny plane, too, like a year or two ago. Like, I would have got on that shit. Well, the Rihanna plane was like the second Donner party. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, the Rihanna Rihanna plane was like torturous to people. Yeah, that made for good content, though. Yeah, they didn't have any kosher meal on it. Like, it was fucking... <laughs> yeah, I don't think Rihanna was even on the plane. Wasn't that the whole joke? Oh, yeah. She that was great. On the plane. Man, good times. Look what they took from us. Look at all the content that we used to be able to do as music bloggers. You can't even go to shows for free now. 
And shows cost I mean, you, more money than they ever have. Even you can more. probably go to shows for free. You, you we just can. go to shows because, for free. Yeah, like Slava, you just don't have enough clout despite you doing it for the clout. I, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Rolling Loud for free, but that was that was about it. Everything in Toronto goes through History Nightclub, which is Drake. So, mm. oh, and yeah, yeah, your arch enemy or whatever the fuck is going on there. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. Okay. At a later date. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next episode. No, October. That's our October special. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay, guys. Yeah, we got to keep this going till October, so. Yeah, no, we got to. Only shows, the only show, the last show I got into for free was The Mountain Goats. Um, and that's because they, like, live in Durham and, like, I was living in Durham and, like, I knew the people at the label. I think last show I got into for free was like this had to be a while ago too. It was either twenty two G's or hundred Gex. Wildly different. Yeah. And I'm now uh, imagining a hundred twenty two G's X. G's X. Um That would actually yeah. be kind of sick, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I think we could work on the name there, but um yeah, that yeah. Also, oh. like when you think about hyper pop and stuff, like Jesus, no. what kind of influence are we talking about there? I'm giving it some influence. I mean, like I think Kanye was like, he was like, I'm going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, into a record and make it sound huge. And I'm gonna break into your house and steal your kitchen sink and throw it at my record. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And potentially not compensate you for sampling your kitchen sink. Absolutely. Um, you know how much money Rick Rubin got paid to come in there? And probably do nothing. And just like, yeah. Do you think Rick Rubin and Bon Iver play basketball against each other? I don't think I Rick like, Rubin no, I feel like Rick Rubin is probably like the fucking assist man out there. So he's not playing one-on-one. Like he needs someone to play off of. But like. True. He's, he's just going like through, the, through the leg and behind it. He's playing that fucking Phil Jackson ball, you know? <laughs> well, I thought Bon Iver does that because that's why he named himself Bon Iver. It's a pun on Iverson. That's his favorite basketball player. So Iverson, <laughs> Bon Iver. Shut up. Read the Wikipedia, bro. I'm not because I let know me, this one's a lie. Let me change it first, though. <laughs> <laughs> we're eventually going to figure out sign-offs but like guys uh this was a great discussion about Jesus that uh you know we'll probably figure out some more about on the 11th anniversary of it when we're still, <laughs> when we're still definitely doing this podcast this time next year um but yeah this episode's ending early and it's my fault i gotta pop out but um yeah it's okay all right um this has been Nerzy. I'm Drew. Uh, Saudi Arabia, call me. It's Slava. You know me. Just pick up my phone. Yeah, I was waiting for you to do it because you were moving your hands the most. But yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>